Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. Hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program, our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts. This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Director for Family Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. Today, I'm pleased to have joining me Dr. Carrie Ashurst, our Senior Extension Specialist for Family and Relationship Development. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Today's topic, I think, is one that's important for our listeners, and we're going to discuss seasonal depression during the winter months. And I know that some people just maybe might refer to it as the winter blues but and just feeling blah, but really and truly— This is a a true potential disorder that individuals could experience. So today you're going to help us understand more about those feelings and um, maybe what we should do if we are experiencing some of those feelings. So let's let's get started and just talk a little bit about what is seasonal affective disorder. Sure, sure. Yes, and you know we do hear a lot of those terms, the winter blues, SAD is the acronym you hear a lot of people use, which stands for seasonal affective disorder. But basically, it's a type of depression that's related to changes in the seasons. Uh, typically, it begins and ends about the same time of every year and most typically starts in the fall and continues into the winter months. And so, you know, using terminology like winter blues, sometimes it kind of – it, it makes it seem like it's just a, a, a downplay, a little sort bit of a thing, minimalizes right? it right. some. But it can be a very, very real thing for some people, and there are some symptoms that are really kind of the telltale, the difference maker, I think, between just having a little bit of, you know, more tiredness and more fatigue, harder to get going in the winter, as a lot of us feel, versus really being something that might have a need for treatment or be be something that's a real issue for somebody. And so some of those signs and symptoms that we want to talk about a little bit and look at are feeling depressed most of the day or nearly every day, losing interest in activities, having a really low energy level on a pretty regular basis, problems with sleeping or interrupted sleep, changes in your appetite or weight, feeling sluggish or agitated most of the time, having difficulty concentrating, feeling hopeless, worthless, or guilty, or then as you get up more to the extreme symptoms, having frequent thoughts about death or suicide. And so now, obviously, if an individual is experiencing any of these symptoms, we would encourage them to reach out to their health care provider and to have an open and honest conversation with them that I know that this is a topic that is sometimes hard to talk about. It's hard to talk to your friends and family members about it, but it's very important to be open and honest. But if someone is experiencing some of those symptoms or maybe just feeling a little little down in general, what are some strategies for preventing or reducing those Mm -hmm. symptoms? One of the biggest things seems to go against it being wintertime, but it's simply out getting outdoors, doing activities outdoors. It might be cold, but even just being out in a, the sun for a little bit of time can really help. Being out during those daylight hours, going on a walk or something like that can really help to lift some of our mood. And then just exercise in general, indoor or outdoor, doesn't matter so much as that we're getting some kind of physical activity. We're obviously well already into the winter months now, but thinking ahead to the future, should you start that in early fall Mm -hmm. or just start any time? 
very good point, yes, that there's some things we can do to help try to prevent some of these things from hitting us out of the blue. And one of the best things we can do is regular physical activity and sunlight, getting outdoors whenever we can, and and trying to remember and be very deliberate about doing some of that before some of those symptoms start. What are additional coping strategies that an individual may consider? Another one can simply be things like looking at your indoor spaces. Where is the most light? Where can you sit working at a computer or doing things that you may be doing where you can get some good indoor light? Just open up the curtains. Yes. I know sometimes we close those in the winter trying to keep the heat in the in the house, right. but maybe just opening the curtains and letting the sunlight yes. in. Opening curtains and blinds, maybe even rearranging some furniture to be able to help having have some of your seating areas be somewhere where you're getting some indirect sunlight in during the day. I have a goal in life. At some point, I want a house that has a sunroom so that so that I can go out and just, just have all that sun coming in at, l- at least maybe three seasons of the year. Yes, indeed. Well, and on that note, too, one thing that can be very helpful for treatment with seasonal affective disorder is uh, light therapy and even being able to use some sort of artificial light in your home. And is that different than just your regular lights that you would flip on? Yes, it is. Uh It's a specific type of light that you would purchase, not too terribly unlike a a tanning light in some ways, but it's something that you would want to work with your doctor and talk about. And you had mentioned earlier, you know, talking to your doctor, not being afraid to bring up some of these things. We often go into our doctors and we talk about what's wrong with us physically, right? I have a headache. I have a stomach ache. We're really good about talking about the physical symptoms. What we're not not always as able to do is get into some of those mental, emotional sorts of things, or even the cognitive symptoms, things we're thinking. Are we feeling hopeless? Are we feeling like we might have any thoughts of suicide? It's tough to discuss those things with our doctors, with our providers of different types in the healthcare arena, but that sometimes can be really the difference maker between getting past just the physical issues and figuring out what's going on. And I've noticed recently that occasionally when I've been to the doctor, they've actually given like an inventory of questions to mm-hmm. to fill out. Yes. And I think maybe sometimes that that can help start a conversation too. But again, encouraging people to answer those questions openly and honestly. Absolutely. Um, so that they can have that conversation with their health care provider. In terms of just general good self-care, mm-hmm. how can individuals take good care of themselves, especially during the winter months when they might be most vulnerable? Mm -hmm. Well, certainly if you have been diagnosed with seasonal affective disorder or if you think that it might be something that's a real concern for you, trying to begin some of that light therapy and, like you said earlier, getting out and getting some of that exercise early in the fall before you have the onset of symptoms can help as a preventative measure. Uh, Again, increasing some of the light coming into your home. But some of the things that we can do on an ongoing basis are things like meditation and stress management techniques, Uh, even just sitting down and doing a little bit of guided breathing for stress and relaxation. Also, getting out and enjoying the things we love to do, even when it is cold. Sometimes it's harder to get up and get going, right? Right, but But, just bundle up and get out there. Yes, exactly. And for children, too, it can be tremendously beneficial for not only just seasonal mood changes, but also energy levels that can get – 
pretty high when you're inside all the time in the winter. And then one thing that we we talk about a lot, too, that we can't always do, but when it is possible, is simply getting to places where there is more sun. Some people who have been diagnosed with seasonal affective disorder even talk about taking a winter vacation instead of a summer vacation. So you mentioned sleep at the very beginning. Can you talk to us a little bit about maybe trying to establish a a sleep schedule Mm -hmm. or how we can really promote self-care with getting quality sleep as well? Yes, indeed. And some of that is just remembering how important it is. It is easy at times in our busy lives to have to get to bed late, get going early, but trying to remember how important it is to notice our own body's rhythms. And they're different for each person. Some people need more sleep. Some people need less. But really noticing what is right for you and trying to get that can be one of the most important things, just remembering to take care of yourself. I know that you mentioned that, you know, individuals can experience seasonal affective disorder really on a on a continuum that some people may be very mildly affected with minimal symptoms to moderately to severely affected. Mm-hmm. And I know that you wanted to share with individuals that if they did have concerns or were fearful of hurting themselves that they could contact the National Suicide Hotline? Yes, indeed. Yes, that is one of the best places to call. And there's also a chat function as well. The National Suicide Hotline is one 800 273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. Or a lot of people say 1-800-273-TALK. The 8255 spells out talk. It's a, it's a great way to be able to connect to someone quickly. And then they also make every effort that they can to connect you to someone who's right in your own region of your state and be able to talk in real time with someone or chat in real time with someone. Excellent. And I will just remind our uh, podcast listeners that we will have that number also in the show notes. So they can go back and look at the show note transcription to find the number as well as additional websites and links that you have provided for individuals if they wanted to learn more about seasonal depression or if they have a loved one that could be suffering with seasonal depression, how they might be able to help that individual as well. Carrie, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing this valuable information. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition and health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local extension agent for family and consumer sciences. We build strong families. It starts with us.